Hello and welcome to the Snowmageddon edition of the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and I am approaching the Sydney winter, which means that we'll be experiencing average temperatures of 20 degrees Celsius. Suck on that, you Northern Hemisphere people. And on that note, uh, Sarah from the British Spring, where it's currently, what, minus two degrees? How are you? Hey, look, I saw sun today, Dan. It's ah. perfect. It's not snowing anymore. Woo! <laughs> Best spring ever. <laughs> you know what really bugs me is that all throughout the winter, when we're watching Cyclocross, Cyclocross is made better by huge amounts of snow and sleet and rain and ice and things like that. And the riders, you know, are used to riding in it. Mild, gentle, sunshine, rubbish. As soon as the cross season finishes, we've got all their fucking weather. <laughs> they don't cancel crossweight races because it snows on them. Jesus Christ. Oh, <gasps> craziness. It's just genius. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah. I, um, I, I love the whole um, thing of Australian riders trying to cope with the, the weather in Europe at the moment. <laughs> Because the the short version is, um, friends, uh, Australians will tell you that it gets cold in winter. And the reason they'll do that is because when it comes to winter, Australians are fucking dumb. Truthfully, I've lived in a couple of cold places. Even I know that I haven't lived anywhere really cold. Um, Most Australians think that anything under 15 degrees is really cold. If it gets under 10 degrees, then it's freezing cold. I'll ride in a short sleeve jersey and and Nicks in ten degree weather because that's really not that cold. Once you've spun for like five minutes, you've warmed up enough. It makes no difference. But you know, in Australia, people pulling out the leg warmers, the arm warmers, the beanies, all that shit, and it's it's basically tropical weather. Um, so you know, you take a couple of Australian pros who literally flew out of Australia, and it was like. 32 degrees or something and landed in Europe and it was four or uh, just today on on Twitter Chloe Hosking who um, I'm not sure actually why she's back in Canberra but landed in Canberra it's 27 degrees when she left Belgium it was like three (laughs) yeah but at least Chloe's tough as nails and actually enjoys riding it we are when we're talking about the people complaining about the weather we are talking about the gentlemen aren't we Daniel there aren't any gentlemen in Australia (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, except for, you know, maybe British tourists. <laughs> That's just what they say to pull the girls. <laughs> yeah, right, yes, yes, that makes perfect sense. We we tell the girls that the English gentlemen are nicer. <laughs> just as every Australian in London is a surf lifeguard when he's back home on the beach. Oh, yeah, pretty much. But that's only because every Australian who's been to the beach has had to pull out at least two Englishmen. (laughs) Anyway, um, Australia aside, um, what a terrible place to spend the winter it must be. Sigh. Um, (laughs) Australia aside, it's been snowing and the weather's been awful. And when we last spoke to you, we were in Drenthe. Drenthe, Mm. the the northeast of the Netherlands. We had the Drenthe Acht, and on the, on Friday it was touch and go as to whether the World Cup would carry on because the weather was so bad. Indeed. 
And yes, they woke up on the morning. But, you know, when they got up on Saturday, it was only torrential rain, maximum ten- temperature three degrees centigrade. Um, what, what's three degrees centigrade in American, Dan? Oh, that's like 100 degrees or something. It's, yeah. Okay. Fahrenheit makes no sense. No, um, seriously, I think it's like 34, somewhere around there. Yeah, because when you said your minimum temperature is 15, there's all these Americans going, ah, oh, you know, that's quite cold. <laughs> yeah, well, true, true, uh, because that's below freezing. But um, <laughs> that's also why Fahrenheit makes no sense. For God's sake, you've gone metric with your money. Can you just... Oh, for fuck's sake. Come on. It's easier to work in tens, people. All right. And miles. What the fuck's up with miles? Why does a mile have to be that much longer? That's bullshit. (laughs) Fucking miles. Oh, he's a happy chap today. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so Drentha. It was pouring with rain, and um, as we learnt last week, um, the, Holland is full of um, form fuckers, yes. and uh, also known as road furniture, and uh, which had taken out Ina. No Ina in the race. I was very disappointed. She did sound slightly. Um, she was like laughing at her teammates about their advantages to, uh, to to being out with hideous facial injuries, as she um, as she was sat in the warmth. <laughs> <laughs> While they were lining up in the freezing cold. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it could be... I mean, I guess it says a lot about the quality of both our characters that um, that Ina would think that's a reasonable trade-off and I wouldn't. So, <laughs> What, you'd, you'd think it was still bad for you in the face? Yeah, I don't... I would rather brave the cold than be punched in the face by the road 14 times. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to say so would I, but but we both know Ina's far, far tougher than you and I put together mm. will ever be. Mm. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> if they could, um, it, it, not a very well-known fact, but Marvel Comics actually tried to license Jens and Ina as the base characters for the Avengers, um, <laughs> but they they couldn't get the rights, and so they had to go with a weaker team, which is why they've got the current lineup. Yes, 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 indeed. Mm. So, you know, they had to settle for Iron Man and the Hulk and Thor and Black Widow and all of those. Oh, so how, did they, how did they manage to get Thor when they couldn't get Jens? That seems a bit weird. Is his contract different? Well, I thought Norwegians were typically more expensive, but it turns out apparently not. Yeah, so, you know, there's... There are rumours um, going around between... that he's not as tough. So, you know, I didn't yeah. say that, but... Huh. Anyway, Drentha. Mm. Drentha, oh my god, I think we're going to win some kind of prize for the most uh, digressions already. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty digressed and drawn out. You know what? You you um, catch everyone up on Drentha. I'm going to go get a beer and improve this by, you know, at least one beer. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> So, Drentha people, well, our Australian does his stereotypically Australian thing. I, uh, it was, it's the World Cup, the first World Cup of the season. It's a crazy course. The first crashes were in the neutral zone, and I think Tipco managed every single one of their riders to crash, and every single one of their riders to crash um, a couple of times. So, it was not, that wasn't fun. Um, but, yes, they, uh, so the race goes. First of all, you go over the Vanberg. That's the man-made hill. The one metre higher this year, man-made hill. How much then rubbish get... does it take, actually, to make a hill a metre higher? I want to know. Someone someone from the Drenthor area, can you please, uh, you know, write to us and uh, and let us know? Okay. And then it's race, race, race to the cobbles. 
Then it's about, well, on the map it's two sections of cobbles, but apparently there's all sorts of sections of cobbles that don't count because they're not as brutally death-like as the actual cobbles. So you've got attacks, you've got catchers, attacks are catchers. Um, Lizzie Armitstead and Romy Casper from Bowles both had a great go at attacking. I guess they were lining it up for um, uh, Kirsten Veald to see if she could have a sprint. I mean, Veald's been on the podium for the last two years, um, so, you know, I think they were looking, maybe let's make this a sprinter's one. But by the time they got to the Vanberg again, um, they had about 45 riders left, 49 riders left in the race, yeah, um, in contention. Mm-hmm. So they race over the hill, and they and it's Emma Johansson and Mariana Voss racing neck and neck up the hill. No one can get away. They race down the, down the hill and through the town of Hugovin. Then they go back to the Vanberg, and this time on the Vanberg, Mariana Voss attacks, and I love, 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 loved watching. I mean, watch the clips, people, because when Mariana attacks like that, she has this really, I say this all the time, but she has a very, very physical style on her bike. She swings her bike from side to side. She's really, when she races against Emma Pooley up mountains, it's wonderful to watch because Pooley's so small and so few motions, and Mariana's so physical. And she has this amazing look on her face that's half pure suffering and half exhilaration, and it's pouring with rain. And Mariana's just doing that Mariana thing, pulls away, just shoots off up the hill. You can see people scrambling behind her. And then, of course, because she's one of the very, very best descenders, male or female out there, when she gets to the top of the hill... She's just going to extend her lead by the time she's got to the bottom. She is amazing. She was beautifully, oh, just beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. Mm. And, uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's it's pretty amazing. I was reading uh, Marianne DeVries' uh, blog about her race, and we'll get onto that in more detail shortly. But one of the things she was saying is that, you know, everyone knows that Marianne is going to attack on the last time over the Manberg. And so, you know, leading into it, everyone's fighting for position. Everyone's gearing up to chase because they know that's what they're going to have to do. And she still rides away. Yeah, she's just it's, amazing. It, it, it's phenomenal. and it's, But it is also very, very interesting from a tactical point. I mean, the, the sheer physical, um, you know, achievement of, of that level of ability and strength and, and everything is, is amazing on the one hand. But it, it brings into play really, really interesting tactics because, you know, there are, there are a whole bunch of calculations that immediately have to fall into place in order to be able to organise anything. And, and that's what we saw on, on the road is that, um, you know, as, as the chase started to get together, it was clear that some people were working more towards bringing a sprint in for the minor placings rather than trying to bridge across. Yeah, apparently she said afterwards that there was some. There were people saying afterwards, um, not even her team saying, "Yeah, Mariana had thought it was a bit too much of a defensive race, so she wanted to make it more interesting." <laughs> I mean, and it had been very defensive because so many riders had kept crashing. It was horrible weather. Mm. You can see why people were happy to let it just to not to not make it too hard. But the other thing that helped Mariana was in Hugobin. Emma Johansson had crashed again. Yeah, and Emma was stuck with, I think it was her rear mech that was broken. Yeah, so she only had, um, I think it was three functioning gears, was as far over as she could get the derailleur to go. Um, So she was stuck in the the high end of the mid-range of of her gears. 
Um, and yeah, apparently she said that she wasn't confident that she would have time to get back to the car and do a bike change and then catch back up. So she decided to, to persist. Yeah, and that was an interesting blog actually on the Orica website um, mm. the, about which has Dave McPartland talking about it, and he says, "Well, that's what happens without race radios," and I think that makes it more interesting. And I mean, Emma is a consummate bike rider, and and she was known in the past, I guess, a little bit as being more of a lone wolf. You know, it used more of a lone wolf type, mm. type rider. Um, she's changed. She's changed her style. She's much more. She's. She's. You know. She's. She's able to use her team a lot more. But you know, the classic Emma Johansson move from you know from a couple of years ago would basically be a whole load of riders from different teams and Emma and Emma. Mm-hmm. She's just great. So she. So while Mariana's attacking up the hill, you've got Emma getting, but she's batched up. But there's a front group of about. You know, there's a front group with all the big names in it. Then there's a second group on the road. Johansson jumps from the second group to the first group. She's at the back of the first group when when Voss goes. Then she goes up the hill without her. You know, with like I think she said she's got this tweet at the end with only got a big big ring and a little ring or something like that. She's you know she's not using her. She can't. Yeah. But she's made yeah. this set. She knows what it's like. She knows that once it gets to the bottom of the hill, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. She's not going to need so many gears. Because it's flat. Yeah, put it, put it in the yeah, big ring and just go. That's, yeah, yeah, so it's okay. She's got her big ring. I guess if she was stuck in the little ring, that would have made it more... Well, <laughs> more I mean, that, that would have been a very interesting exercise in how fast can you spin. <laughs> so she's... So, so, very, so basically, so you've got Voss up there, up the road. A small little group. I think it is Veald, um, Hosking... Uh, someone else and Ellen Van Dyke start chasing her. And Ellen is just an amazing time trialist. And we saw in the Sun in the other week how what happens when Ellen really decides to put her head down in races like this. She's a great time trialist, but in a way she's almost even better at that solo at that solo thing. So Ellen just might just gets to the bottom of the hill, just powers off, powers off to chase Voss. Mm. She catches Voss, and Voss obviously makes this calculation that Ellen's quite a good person to work together. You know, at this point, they're racing together. Um, Emma, Emma Johansson has caught the chasers and is 15 seconds behind them, yeah? Gets yeah. to 15 seconds behind them. So, you know, Emma, Emma could quite easily catch them. So Mariana and Ellen work together for, 10 kilo- for the last 10 kilometres. Shocking, I know. No, it's, I mean, awesome. I mean, I, and Ellen is, uh, well, she's a time trial expert and also a really shit hot sprinter. And Mariana's Mariana. So you know, she can why, didn't, why didn't they sit up and wait for the others to catch them and give us the bunch sprint we wanted? <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand that Mariana uh, said she wanted to make the race interesting. Well, you know, she had an opportunity, but apparently no. So... The situation on the road is Mariana and Ellen out front, last 10 kilometres. Emma Johansson hits the chase. Um, the, the, the other chasers have been caught. And then Emma catches them. And, oh, look, we can work with Emma Johansson. But no, she just powers straight past them and get, is, is chasing. And to be fair, like, what happened at that point is that um, her, her drivetrain actually had locked up. And so she didn't actually have a freewheeling hub anymore. She was riding a fixie. So she couldn't stop pedalling. She just... <laughs> Had no choice. It was the same as being on a track bike. Her brakes had broken. She she just had to go. She didn't have a choice. <laughs> she had to go full gas all mm. the way home. So, yeah, um, 
behind them there was a little group of, of mostly sprinters. So behind them, the, the chase group that got together was Chloe Hosking, Kirsten Veald, Shelley Olds, Lizzie Armitstead, Miranda Vries, Tiff Cromwell. And Not a bad bunch. Not a bad bunch. A great bunch. Well, I mean, unless you're Tiffany, who's probably got the least good sprint out of them. <laughs> I well, mean, Tiffany's, yeah. I think Tiffany's plan was to, to see if she could throw herself off the front and just, like, you know, escape from them. But, you know, so you have Voss winning, and she she starts her sprint at 500 metres to go, and Ellen, at this point, just looks exhausted. And you can see, when you're watching the video, Voss gets back, gets gets up off the saddle for like, you know, four or five pedal strokes. And you're like, Ellen, if you'd have turned around at that point, you'd have just started sprinting because that's danger signs. You know, there's Voss behind you, mm. up off her up off her saddle, shoots past for five hundred to go, crosses the line. And what I love about Mariana, this is you know what she won so many big races last year. You know, she's the Olympic and the world champion. Wait, hang, this on, is hang, her on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What she won the Olympic race last year? She did, I know. And the I world champion. And the Cyclocross World Championship or in January. Well, you how, know, is it, how is it we have, that we haven't talked about her before? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, she's this little low-known rider who pops up at every weird. race and wins them all. <laughs> weird, weird. I heard she won a race she wasn't even at. That was amazing. But yeah. Oh, my God. You know, she was in the... I'll tell you that's it. In the Cyprus Mount, in the Cyprus Sunshine Cup, in I can't say the word Aftaxia in 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 Cyprus, the race is made up of um, about three or four different races that that add together to make an overall stage race. And you know, you remember she won the mm. kind of three day race the other week. Anyway, given that Voss wasn't at the final races, it was pretty fucking funny that she still came in the top ten of the overall standings. <laughs> oh, Mariana. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is only a matter of time before she starts winning races she's not even at. <laughs> I swear, I swear, it's all all that's left to her is BMX trials and bike ballet. That's it. Maybe bike polo at a stretch, but you know. But, no, but the thing is about it, it's a shitty, shitty day. This is her third round of Andrenitha in a row. Mm. And you just see her, the pictures of her crossing the line, and she looks so ecstatic. disappointed. She looks ecstatic. It's like it's the first big race she ever won. She looks delighted and entranced and ecstatic and like this is the happiest thing that's ever happened to her. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I will always love Mariana Voss. She is, she just gives it everything and she's, and she loves it. You know, when someone loves something that much, you can't help, but it makes me smile. You've just, oh, Mariana. Mm. She she loves winning bike races as much as David Cameron loves the NHS. I think you've got your politics wrong. I would not advise you taking a job in British politics. Oh, she... I wouldn't advise anyone I like to take a job in British politics. Yes. Mm. Anyway, um, Ellen. So Ellen. Um, Ellen sprints, finishes a second behind her. Emma Johansson comes in fifteen seconds behind, and. Oh my God, Emma. Emma's started five races now in Europe and she's got third place in every one of them. Mm. I mean, that must simultaneously be very, very satisfying and fucking frustrating. I'm willing, I mean, to, I'm willing to bet that right now, for Emma, frustrating massively outweighs satisfying. And like, like you were saying last week, though, like they're, they're significantly different kinds of races and the way that they've played out and stuff. I mean, this woman is on serious form uh, to, to 
be consistently competitive across the range of races. But yeah. holy shit, that's got to drive you nuts. Like just oh, I you know, yeah. like that's that's bike toss territory. You know, that's like that's like cross the line, pick it up, and just throw it into the crowd, knock a small child over, and storm off kind of territory. It's <laughs> you know, and if anyone's got video but, of that happening, you know, let me know. I mean, the thing is, though, is afterwards she had this really, she had, she, you know, people were tweeting pictures. Oh, my new favourite Twitter account, um, Team Johansson, which I'll link to, which is like been set, which has been set up to kind of share Emma news, which is just lovely. Everyone should follow that account. It's really sweet. But they tweeted a picture of Emma uh, at the finish line, mud splattered, with this ridiculously big grin on her face, like, and this quote about big ring and little ring, and it's just, just hilarious. I just. Yeah. Yeah, but I do like that I, I, about her too because you know she's got that that balanced you know sort of well you know to put it in Australian terms it's a what the fuck are you gonna do you know like ah eh, shit. Eh. I mean, I guess I guess the, the and the interesting thing is she still fought for that third place because by this time there must be a temptation to go. You know what? I'm a bit bored with everyone talking about my four third places in a row. Fuck it, I can't win it. I'll just come fourth, and then and then and then people shut the fuck up about it, and 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 fuck, and won't make jokes about it anymore. But no, she gets the chase group. Oh well, I I mean I suppose her fucked gearing might have something to do yeah, with well, that. Yeah, well, like I said, she couldn't stop pedaling. Like she'd never choice. It was a fixie. It was a track bike by then. Are you so. suggesting? Are you suggesting she's on one of those Fabian Cancellara motorized bikes that got stuck in the top speed? <laughs> I am I am certainly not suggesting anything that would involve the UCI pulling bikes apart and checking them for mythical things that can't possibly be there. I would be just as likely to suggest then that there are actual gremlins hidden inside the down tube that um, that that turn the the cranks internally. Um, yeah. So if you're from the UCI and listening, first of all, hi. Secondly, what the fuck are you doing? And thirdly, better check for gremlins. I think Gremlins possibly are the way forward. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Shelley Olds. I think Shelley Olds has so far crashed in every race that she's been in. I mean, just... Yeah, I'd rather come third than have that record, so... Yeah, and people were getting a bit snippy afterwards. Um, so anyway, so, so the sprint the sprint for fourth place, um, it was... Uh, it was six riders. So the six, cha- the six chasing riders... Oh, sorry. Uh, five chasing riders. I can't count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six chasing riders. <laughs> um, and, and they've got a lovely shot of, um, of, of Chloe Hosking beating Kirsten Veeld for the sprint with full-on face as she crosses the line. Um, we love Chloe. Um, and you know, the interesting was... thing is that she, wasn't, she was actually just saying coffee after. That's she. She wasn't actually. It's just one of those weird things that the camera at that moment. It looks like she's really upset, but she's she's actually just casually inviting you know her her sprint companions out for a, a quick coffee now that the ride's over post ride coffee. It's a tradition in cycling. It's what we do. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm always intrigued by Kirsten Field because I've met her in real life, and you know, in real life, if you met her in the street, I mean, she's tall, but she's not as tall as Ellen Van Dyke, and she's skinny. You know, she's a skinny cyclist. But when she's on the bike, she manages to just make herself look like she's, you know, she puffer fishes herself up, basically. Well, so you're suggesting that when she's on the bike, she's like the Incredible Hulk. You know, you wouldn't like me when I'm cycling. 
Exactly. She's I'm well, you'd like her because oh my god, she's such a good rider. But she looks really she makes herself look really big and tall and intimidating. And Chloe is this is this little um little punchy, compact um compact Chloe. So it's always fun watching you know, when they were kind of sprinting yeah. to you know, sprinting yeah. together in the rain so you can't really see very much. Um it was like it was just yeah, it was very um it was one of those contrasts that always make me smile. But you've, but yeah, you've so, always gotta watch out for the little ones because you know chip on the shoulder angry lot to prove always um, always starting fights take out your kneecaps before uh yeah yeah so chloe beat so it was chloe then kirsten then shelly olds who'd had her four crashes lizzie armistead miranda vries finishing in eighth i know that was awesome so and tiffany cromwell and bringing as, in the bunch as Marine's virtual ds i feel very very satisfied with her performance so far this season uh, one oh. more, one more like that, and basically I'll let her take the rest of the season off. <laughs> but how nice it was on her home roads. We mm. talked about this last week. But these are the roads that she grew up in. She grew up in, you know, she she grew up in this area. Her parents grew up in this area. It's ah. Oh. Well, and, and clearly, about- clearly, we were talking about you know the blog effect and the interview effect and and what would come together. And it turns out that it's definitely the blog, and it's the sentimental blog. Um, just imagine, if you will, like she posted from memory, was it three childhood photos? Oh, more than three, I think. Okay. Um, well, however many it was, but there's a there's a clear correlation between the number of photos and her placing. So my point is, if, if she'd actually included a few more childhood family photos, um, you know, she could have been top five. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. And you, said, and you said that she had a nice blog on her um, website about her race? Um, yeah, just just um, a few comments about um, you know her experience and why it meant so much to her and and that sort of thing. It was very nice. Shall we put a link on our site? Oh, only if people know where to go. You should probably tell them what site that is, Sarah. That would be prowomenscycling.com. <laughs> you don't actually the... have to add the giggle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say it? Um, I would say if you're listening to this podcast, odds are pretty good that you already know where the website is. I know, I'm a jerk. I get it. It's kind of my job. Go and say the name for me. Prowomenscycling.com Oh, come on, say it with relish. You know you can. Hello. Thank you for listening. We'd love if you joined us and uh, read more information and news and uh, discoveries about the wonderful world of professional women's road cycling. And you can do that at any time by visiting us on the internet at prowomencycling.com. I don't know if that's hilarious or creepy. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what I was shooting for, somewhere between the two. So, yeah. Oh, oh that- she made me have um that actually made the hair on the back of my neck rise and not in a good way <laughs> well i think i'm relieved at that actually <laughs> well i have been drinking ginseng tea today so it's probably best um marine's blog yes we'll put links to marine's blog and there's there's videos on our site there's all sorts of things at the moment um and then um, coming in in 10th carmen small 
uh, won the sprint for 10th place, um, which the big, huge group that came in at two, two minutes and 18. And Carmen Small's been, she's an American rider. She's mostly been riding in the USA, although with some forays over to Europe as part of Team USA. She's been, and she's, but she got signed for Specialized Lululemon. And I think they really, really, really did a really, I mean, Christy Scrimjaw is such an amazing team manager, but yeah, signing, Carmen was just great. Carmen's having a really fun season. She, you know, she's always been in attack. She's been in chasing. Yeah, I, yeah, yay, Carmen. I think that I think you're having a lovely time. So yeah, and we got to watch the race as well, which was weird, wasn't it? Well, it, yes, yes, we did sort of get to watch the race later. Yeah, I mean, it's strange. I mean, in in twenty, what I was wondering is, I mean, for the last couple of years, for the last last year and this year, Arte Vedranta have shown the race, but it's and they've talked about it being shown live, but it's not been live. It's been at a at a um, on a delay. Mm. So it's one of those weird situations where similar when where, where when the video starts, the riders are in the kind of final five k, yep. and you have to tell them. And then everyone on Twitter's going, "The race is on live. The race is on live." It's going, no, no, it's not live. It's not live. If you want to know what happens, turn off your fucking Twitter and just watch the stream. But um, it was slightly hampered by the fact that the poor camera dude had to keep wiping the screen because of so much rain. Well, not just that, but also then um, poor RTV Turenta. Uh, their servers then crashed um, about two kilometres from the finish um, and couldn't keep up with the, the demand. So, you know, all you bastards out there trying to watch races on the internet, thanks for fucking it up and, you know, for proving that the sport's popular. Um, I don't know how the internets work, but I think because I had had it open on the you know on the Dutch radio. Dutch is very soothing, by the way. And um, why I'd had it open all all day on the Dutch radio, so my stream was one of the few streams that was fine. And all these people are going, "You bastard! How come you can see us and I can't?" Like, mm. I'm special. <laughs> yes, yes, it's your fault, Sarah. Um, and if you would like to send Sarah a token of your appreciation in the mail, contact me and. Um, <laughs> I'll be be more than happy to tell you how and give you suggestions on nice things that you can send her in, you know, smell-proof boxes. Are you suggesting that people should send me chocolates and roses? Sure, why not? <laughs> no limit on how old they are or what sort of digestive processes they may have been through in between. Yeah, <sighs> Drenthe. I mean, it was the, the the weekend was. I mean, the weekend was a little bit of a letdown. I mean, Drenthe was an amazing race, but there was supposed to be another race on Sunday, the mm. Novelon EDR Cup, and uh, that was snowed off. Yes, <laughs> they woke up in the morning, and Drenthe region was kind of completely blanketed in snow. So there's various people tweeted. Um, Orica all went to Luce Hunnawike's farm because apparently her parents' farm is like 50 kilometres away. So there were various tweety pictures of people riding tractors and petting cows and things, which I thought was adorable. Well, I um, thought that know. was brilliant because it's so consistent with, you know, what you do in, in so many Australian towns, except, you know, we don't have like 400 metres of snow. So... Well, well I, I don't understand. You, you go and pet cows? At people's farms. Yeah, like if you're bored and you're hanging out, oh, yeah, fuck it, we'll go down and, you know, feed the sheep or pat the cows or stuff. Drive the tractor. 
see if we can get it I... up on two wheels. Have you ever had a tractor up on two wheels? It's exhilarating. Dad, I, I grew up in London. <laughs> I think I had a Tonka toy tra- tractor and maybe some maybe a Duplo tractor. But yeah, I, I grew up in London. There aren't that many tractors around. In, um, see, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. London's shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I bet Toowoomba was a great place to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, up it, was, it was terrible. I, I freely admit that. I'll tell anyone who asks. Don't go to Toowoomba. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you would have. I'm sure if someone had offered you when you were say 16 years old, hey Dan, would you like? Would you rather be living in Toowoomba or London? You'd have gone, nah, London's shit, mate. Well, once I'd got there, yeah. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't have called whoever took me there, mate. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, did I say? Did I say the name right though? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yep. Awesome. Yep. So yeah, so um, Arte Vedrenta, um yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not surprised their servers crash because this is one of those small Dutch regional TV stations um, that don't get that much attention and suddenly there's like an internet full of uh, women cycling, rabid in, in women cycling fans jumping on their servers and screaming for video. So yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because I love it. I love that we got to see anything. But, you know, I've got to admit, this is probably the level of coverage the most exciting level of coverage we're going to get before Plue and um, uh, the worlds. Oh no, that's not true. We'll get the amazing rye stuff, but for live, for live, um, for live women's cycling racing, we don't get that much, do we? Well, no, we don't. But we have to celebrate what we do get. And you know, the good thing is that things like that happening actually do make a very clear case for um, you know. The, the size of the audience and the need for better infrastructural support and on a purely geeky tech kind of level um, you know with cloud services these days it's actually not hard to scale up even for uh, one one race if the if they wanted to take on that sort of responsibility so you know I, I, I remain optimistic about the future because yeah. I am a determined and stubborn optimist and the next the next race we get i mean this what we have this week um the reason that chloe is back home in canberra is because we've got three um we've got two of the uh two of the um continental championships happening this week uh starting today the asian cycling championships in new delhi and then starting tomorrow the oceania cycling champs in canberra so you know watch out for all our favorite aussies um and kiwis and um anyone else in the oceania continental region dear god i should just shoot myself now and yeah um yeah the other races this weekend are on friday on saturday there's cholet pays de loire part of the coupe the first race in the coupe de france which is a french series of ra- french series of races and on sat on that's on Sunday, I should say. And on Saturday in Italy, we've got the Classica Città di Padova, which is an Italian classic. Um, yep, that will be fun. Um, I would recommend to look up more of those two of my favourite blogs. One is Velo Focus, uh, where Sean puts together some really interesting race previews with lots of um, link. You know, he's he's very good at stats, so he's got lots of um, things like you know videos and previous stats of the races and maps. And also my good friend John Cyclo 
Punk's excellent blog, uh, Le Dessai de la Route, where John has uh, previews too, and they're more, um, more narrative previews. And they're perfect if you put them together. They're just a really, really excellent, excellent combination. And as with anything French, if you want any information at all about the Coupe de France and French racing, go and follow Gwenna's blog. Um, Gwenna is the undisputed queen of anything French and women's cycling. She's fabulous. So, yeah, links to all of those on our blog. Which is found at prowomencycling.com. <laughs> so the snow didn't just cancel Novelon, it also gave us something really funny and um, Gracie Elvin uh, Orica Rider has been doing this series of, um, of video diaries uh, the Orica, she's been given a GoPro, I think all of the Orica Riders have been given GoPros and she made a little um, video diary, she, Amanda Spratt and Jessie McLean were supposed to be flying to Italy and so after this nice day, putting tractors on two wheels, petting cows. Hmm. And then putting I'm cows on two wheels. As you do. Normal farm day. Putting tractors. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, putting tractors on cows. No idea. Hmm. No idea. Well, you're and from London. This, you don't know anything about farming. No, no. I mean, I just, you know, when I was a hmm. teenager, it's more heading up to you probably, garden. You probably don't even know if you plant chickens feet first or head first, so... Oh, oh, no, I know that. You plant the egg. No, you harvest the egg. That's why you plant oh. them head first, so you can squeeze the eggs out. You, you okay. know nothing about farming. No, and, and I hope it remains that way forever. Um, yeah, so there they were. They were supposed to be flying, but they couldn't. So they had some kind of interesting European journey across Europe. Now, I know that young Australians are supposed to think that travelling by train across Europe is terribly romantic, but I think it's somewhat less romantic if you're still aching from racing the Ronde van Drenth for the day before. <laughs> so, um, Gracie's got this very cute little video, these adventures um, of... of uh, of, of, the, of the three of them and basically it seems it looks like I don't know why she's complaining because they just seem like really happy they're just laughing all the way from ne the Netherlands to Italy interesting why were they laughing that far though that's what I want to know I maybe they were having a very good time oh okay possible do girls have <laughs> a good time without boys around is that even a possibility? No. That's like uh, if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one there to, to hear it, does it make a sound? If girls are, you know, on a train, is it possible for them to have fun without a boy to notice it? I have no words. I, I thought that was a good setup for the Adidas My Girls thing, but, you know. It's... <laughs> I completely missed my life. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I was a little bit proud. I was like, "That's pretty cool," because I'm playing like the complete asshole guy, and setting it up perfectly for you to knock it out of the park, and that's just failed abysmally. So, you know, we could re-record, we could re-record it so it makes it sound like that, but you know, that's nah, not really our style. I, I think it's, I think it's far funnier for us to, you know, leave that in there and um, and humiliate ourselves in front of the two people that listen. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah. while we're on the subject of videos and things that Sarah has loved, 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 loved this week, 
Let's take a quick moment to mention the uh, the Adidas My Girls campaign. Oh my god! I mean, I love. You know when you know that an advert is doing things for to, doing things to try and get your money from you and try and get you to spend all your money on them. Well, that's like that's like it. the old politician joke. How do you know when a politician's lying? His mouth is moving. You know, <laughs> how do you know when an advert's doing something to sell you something? Because it's on. No, but to be fair, Dan, quite a lot of adverts manage to do things that actually repel me and make me never want to buy their products. Like ASOS, for example. Um, I, I put a basically we had the My Girls advert, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But for some reason, my whole last three days has been full of just random links about women and marketing and cycling and how they all fit together. Come and, to the dark um, side, Sarah. Come to the dark <laughs> side. <laughs> There was a blog post by a fat cyclist who I never, never read, but it just popped up in my Twitter feed because someone retweeted it, about ASOS's marketing and how they chose to market a cycling jersey. And excuse me while the sound of clicks happen, because I have to read this, because it's the most fucking ridiculous thing. I I can't even, I can't even, it's just... So the ASOS have got this ad for this jersey, this special jersey, and... The, the way they've decided to show it is you've got a woman on her knees, which is always an interesting... That's always, you know, you just... Interesting oh, directorial Christ. decision there, yes. Yeah, she's on her knees. She's got wet look, tight trousers. She's got black, huge stiletto heels. Her hair's spraying backwards from her. She's got the jersey slightly undone. She's got porn star face. She might even be sucking her finger. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what women look like when they're cycling, isn't it? It's, that's just a normal cycling pose. I mean, I always cycle in stillies. Always, mm, mm. Uh, you know. Me I mean, too. It's it's so much easier when you go to put your foot down at the lights. Yeah, because you're because because you're taller. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so and, it, and then you read then you read what this jersey is about. Now, fat cyclists spent more time talking about other bits because apparently it linked to their level thirteen thing, and I think he kind of might have missed the missed the real thing, which is Lady Elise was created and designed as a tribute to our female customers. And to please the eyes of the entire ASOS community. So it's not designed to be worn by female customers. And certainly not it's, designed for cycling. No, I mean, it's, it's designed for you men to look at. And I'm like, Ooh. yeah, okay. Holy. And or, then. All right, then I'll cop that on the chin on behalf of men, but I am going to come back to that. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm not saying this is a man fault. I'm saying this is a company fault. I don't think, you know, the average guy, when he's cycling with a, with a girl, when he's, you know, A, you don't really see the, you know, you, the jersey, you're, you're, you're down over your bike, you're cycling together. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an insult. to It's as much as an insult to men as it is to, as, as to good male, cycle, you know, men who yeah. like cycling, yeah. is to women. Uh, I, I, mean, I, can, is, I can honestly say I've never seen a woman's cycling jersey from the front when we're riding anyway. I've barely seen her, <laughs> like, 30 seconds, and she's in the distance, gone, like, you know. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is an anti-man thing. I'm saying this is an anti-sexist advertising thing. And then I went on to the ASOS site, so I'm like, oh, it can't all be about that bad. And I looked at their page of jerseys. Don't do this. Don't give them the clicks. But all their models have got porn faces on. Oh, Oh, this jersey's just and you know the jersey's unzipped and maybe you know, the jerseys hair. really are that good though. I mean, to be fair, I don't know. I've never worn any of their jerseys, but maybe they do arouse that sort of reaction in in the wearer. In which case, I, I would still argue that they're probably not really suited to cycling if that's what they do. 
Are you suggesting they come with a vibrating attachment? I'm suggesting there'd be a market. Maybe not a big market, but there'd definitely be a market. I no, I didn't go on the shorts page, and someone on Twitter <laughs> pointed out that apparently on the shorts page the models aren't wearing tops. I mean, I just assumed at this point they'd be bent, you know, they'd be on all fours, bent over, showing you how well the shorts. Oh, I don't know. Lord shine under a certain kind of photography lamp but fuck me anyway that was my negative advert mm. and that is an example of how people are presumably they're trying to sell that to me right i'm a girl i like cycling i love my bike i wear jerseys when i cycle presumably there's someone thinks that they can sell that to me but see it's all given away by i can't remember the exact wording but the last part of that that statement for the viewing pleasure of the whole community or whatever it was which is obviously bullshit as you say it's it's geared toward a very specific subset of their community anyway. Yeah. So it's a blatant <laughs> lie. But also, that actually explicitly says what we, what we think is that women don't exist as cyclists. They, they exist exactly. simply as sex objects. That's all they can be. Yeah, and, and to please the eyes of the entire ASOS community is, is, is explicitly saying, and that's not you, Sarah. That's not you, women. You know? The entire Assos community is a bunch of lecherous dudes who'd rather see, who, when they're thinking about women in cycling, want to see them on their knees in stilettos rather than want to see them riding a mountain with them, you know? And that's not what, that's not, that's not what guys into, who are the guys I know who are into cycling are into. They're, you know, there are all these jokes about, there's all these guys going, yeah, but you know what's sexy is when you get dropped by a girl and you're riding really hard to try and catch her and you can't. Now that's, that's, a, that's a sexy woman. That's a woman I want to be hanging out with afterwards. You know, it's like... Yeah, if she'll anyway. let me. <laughs> <laughs> and that segues us on to why the My Girls advert is so cool. So the My Girls is an Adidas campaign and it was, they've got this little two-minute, they've got a little... Um, 60 second advert and then they've got a series of um, four short films that kind of go with it and uh, they feature um, a girl in Jordan who's in the Jordanian boxing team they feature a girl in Nigeria who's a football player a girl in Brazil who's uh, who's wanting to get to the Rio to, as a diver and they feature young British women cyclists so I'm predisposed to like this because it's got um, Hannah Walker, who writes for Matrix Prendas. Um, it's got Penny Rowson and Ellie Thorogood, who writes for Breast Cancer Care Cycling Team. So, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like it. But, oh, holy shit, this advert. It was like an advert that just spoke to me. And that's so, 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 so rare. But so, 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 so good. It was groups of girls enjoying sport, playing really fucking hard, loving it, loving it with their friends looking fantastic because they're sporty girls and just not just just doing it because they love it and oh, i was very happy it's it know, was it a was a very very well conceived and well executed campaign because it's you know it strips away all of that bullshit and gets to the heart of of um you know the values that you want to to acknowledge um pay respect to and also um support in women's sport you know where participation and fun and friendship and relationships are all equally as important as 
the competitiveness. And and there's no question, these are very competitive young women. You know, we get to see, you know, um, cyclists going down on the track. Um, the girl boxers, holy shit. They, they do not pull punches, quite literally, do not pull their punches. Um, you know, it, it's, it's very, 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 very cool. And, um, you know, on a personal level is the kind of stuff that I would want, you know, another 10 years time, I would want my nieces to, to see things like that and, um, and know that they live in a world where, where young women can compete like that and do that. Yeah. And they were very, they're very, they're kind of all, they were very accessible sports. I mean, the thing about, you know, the girl goes down on the track and gets back up again. The girl gets knocked over on the boxing ring and gets back up again, you mm. know? Mm. And it just showed, it showed these, it showed these little glimpses into these, these, these young women's real lives. Yeah. You know, you have Hannah Walker um, on her trainer in the kitchen, taking her track bike on the train to go, to get to the, to get to the velodrome. You know, it's just, it's just. It's, it's, you know, it's really, I loved it. As an advert, um, I loved it. And like I say, I've been seeing 100,000 links. And one of the links I saw mm. was Colin Ahart's. Um, oh, well, before we go there, though, I do just have to acknowledge, um, we have not been paid at all to talk about the Adidas My Girls campaign. And the fact that Ke Sarah is now kitted up completely in Adidas clothing <laughs> has nothing to do with any commercial relationship. <laughs> She's just been that swayed by the advertising. No, she you know looks what? like Ali G without the gold chains, you know, isn't it? At the moment, I'm wearing my Freebird Bellow. When I grow up, I want to ride like Mariana Voss hoodie. <laughs> with with an Adidas stripe that she's painted down no, the sleeve herself. No, I mean, it's... no, I mean, I, I have I have no money for these things at the moment, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, I would I buy. Th you know what? Next time I want to go and buy. Next time I want to buy trainers. Next time I want to buy. You know, a, a new pair. Of, you know, new pair of. Um, uh, of what you call them, stuff that you wear on your legs when you're exercising. Um, I'm going to buy Adidas because socks. I really, really like them. And you don't wear socks on your legs. You wear them on your feet. Well, if they're long enough, they go up your legs a bit. I don't know what else. Oh, compression tights, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think of things that go on legs. Shorts. Track pants. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, jeez. You made it sound very complicated. I thought it was something high-tech. I just forgot God, it's like, it's like hanging out with your little brother. It's brilliant. I, I am younger than you. It's true. See, I won't say pro-women cycling with relish, but I'll admit that with relish. <laughs> I'm just remembering all the things I'm not allowed to mention. <laughs> You're not allowed to mention the gag order either. <laughs> um, before my good friend interrupted me, as he's so prone to do. It's true. I was just mentioning Colin Ahart's blog. Um, Colin, um, Colin is out riding the abs out in South Africa, ready to ride the Absa Cape Epic and. Oh my god, I love that race. The Cape Epic is, well, um, you know the word epic gets overused a little bit? The Cape F Epic is an adventure mountain bike stage race in South Africa, mm. where... Yeah, their use of the word epic is basically an understatement. 
Yeah. <laughs> but Colin, Colin, Colin is that Colin? I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry if anyone who knows her ever listens to this. I'm sorry if I've said it wrong. She's out there in South Africa, but she's got she's um she's her day her day job when she's not doing cycling stuff is to be a brand strategist, and she's got some things, some really interesting things on her blog about cycling and and, and women, and you know the common mistakes that that people make. And one of her things that's very interesting is that in general, in sports adverts, if you're going to do a woman friendly sport advert, the woman tends to be by herself, mm. and that's really interesting. I hadn't noticed it, and then once I read it, I noticed it everywhere. Yeah. Like you just cannot have women shown together, having fun playing sports together. And that's what also why I loved My Girls, because the My Girls stuff, it took me back to all those, you know, when I was a teenager, I used to do uh, distance running, I did a lot of hiking, through my Duke of Edinburgh Award, I was an outdoor activity instructor. Um, I did early morning swimming and life-saving classes, and all of those things I did with my girls, you know, I did with my friends, and we pushed and pushed ourselves and had a really good time and, you know, set up the most vicious life-saving um, test scenarios you could possibly find. And we just had a lovely, t- you know, and that was, that's what I think of when I think of sport. I don't think of myself, the moments when I was running by myself and training by myself. I think about the moments after the race where you're just exhausted and just looking at your friends and, mm. you know, oh, you beat yeah. me again yeah. or, oh, congratulations. And that, yeah. or when you're after, Words going home from the race together and yeah it's just you know mm. you've showered and your hair's still wet down your back but you're just laughing and that's and and that's, that's the that's the corollary point that that she she made in in those blogs and she has a couple of cool um presentations that she's given at conferences as well that are worth a, a flick through the slideshows for um where the like the key line related to that was um sisterhood not sexy which I thought was a very nice, yeah. concise way to put it. Um, and then the other thing that I found really interesting is that part of her work, she, she runs her own business now, and um, if you're in a position based on, on what I've seen of her work, I, I would happily recommend that you, you talk to her if you're working on a branding project, um, is the work that she has done with Rafa. Did you see mm. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they went, I mean, she was one of the riders. The reason I, I, I stumbled across her blog in the first place is she was one of the riders who went out for a Rafa campaign last year, riding places that had been in the Giro Donna. Mm, mm. Yes. So, yeah, it was, it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, so mm. she, you know, she's put her money where her mouth is, basically. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's all, yeah, it's good because those, yeah, that is what, that is what they're about, you know, yeah. people, she says in her blog, not being afraid to look silly while having fun or something like that. And yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. And, and the one that I loved was the, there's a really great video that Rafa um, put together from footage from, I, I, I'm not certain, but I presume it's from that Giro Donna um, ride series uh, where it's, it's two women riding one of the mountain climbs and they're basically, um, like there's no voiceover there's no music there's no nothing except video of the these two women riding this climb and they're not riding side by side but they're not riding alone either they're both clearly pushing themselves and riding the climb as hard as they can in their own styles and they're sort of overtaking each other a little bit and it's not hard out racing but it is yeah it 
it's a little difficult to describe because it's competitive, but it's not directly competitive, if you know what I mean. It's it's like you were talking about that thing of just pushing yourself and pushing each other to do yeah. better. And using, and, and using the other person. You know, you're, yeah. you're not you're not racing the other person, but the fact that they sped up gives yep. you a little bit of a spur to speed up yourself. I yeah. used to feel like that in the pool all the time. Exactly, exactly. And the thing that I loved most was that the video finishes with them getting to the top of the climb and it's, you know, one of those sort of... I mean, you can't help even with the best of intentions putting cheesy marketing bullshit into stuff. Um, so it's, it's you know, like the, the sunrise over the Alps in the distance kind of thing um, and and stuff. But the thing I love most is that both these women get to the top of the climb and they're so fucked. Like, they're just completely shattered. And so it's like hunched on the bars, just looking into the distance at this sunrise. Other rider pulls up, sort of looks over. They're both just gasping for breath. And one of them reaches out an arm and puts it on the other's shoulder and then just lets it drop. <laughs> and and that's it. And it's so fucking cool. It's awesome. It is. Oh. So, uh, so, yes. uh, so I'm converting you into a, a marketing person, Sarah. This is quite exciting. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite scared about this. Yeah, yeah. shite. <laughs> Trouble. Yeah. Um, watch Colin's Twitter because she's going to be out in the Cape Epic riding and doing some and covering it and covering it. So, you know, look out for her stuff because I'm sure it'll be excellent. Um, there has been some bad news this week and one of it relates to the Cape Epic. Uh, I was particularly excited because one of my very favorite riders in the whole world, I know people think all of them are my favorite, but I do have some super favorites. And one of them is Sharon Laws, um, British rider. And she and her part and her racing partner, Hanley Booyans, won the Cape Epic in the first year it happened in 2004. Mm. And then they won it again in 2009 in the women's competition. And so they promised that they'd come back 10 years later, the 10th anniversary of the Cape Epic, ride it again. And Sharon's been out in South Africa um, preparing for that. Um, well, she had been. And then on Sunday, she was caught up in a crash. Um, the race they were with, she, she's riding out there with her teammate, um, Ash Moorman, they raced for Momentum uh, Toyota in, in South Africa and Lotto in England and they'd been riding, racing, one of the races didn't have a women's race, it had a men's race, so there they are at the end, they're out in front of the women's race some dudes go down in front of them, Sharon just can't get out of the way and she's been left with them, um, you know broken vertebrae and collarbones and stuff and she's had to pull out of the Cape Epic and it's just horrible I mean mm. I'm it's just horrible and gutting and yeah my absolute best 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 wishes for a speedy recovery to Sharon I my thoughts with you and your family with your mum and I hope you're okay um the other rider who was injured this week was Lizalette de Croix um she rides for Cycle Live plus Zanetta um she was on a in a she was hit by a driver going the wrong way and had a broken fibula, tibia, and concussion. She's undergone surgery, and her season's over. Which fucking sucks. Dear drivers, I don't know please she, stop hitting bikes. I don't, I don't know if she was in a bike or in a car. It's a little bit confusing. But, you know, the other driver's going the wrong fucking way. I mean, oh. Mm. So, yeah, Lisa Lot, I'm, I'm gutted for you. She had been sick last year, and she, you know, just got over that. And, you know, dear cycling gods... Please just stop, please, please just stop. I don't want yeah, to have. I think to we've stop we've out. reached our quota of sacrifices for the year. Yeah, and an awful so. I mean, just awful. Mm. Um, the other bad news: we've lost another race, Dan. Fuck's sake! 
I know. Last year, I wanted to go to the Rabister Zutsche Islander, Islanden, which is this really, it's a three-stage, three-day stage race in this really interesting province of Zeeland, Zeeland, which is one of the parts of the Netherlands that's been reclaimed from the sea, um, flat, cobbly, beautiful, and it's gone. And one of the reasons it's gone is lost, they were sponsored. Lost underwater? Or? The, one of the reasons it's gone is it was sponsored by Rabobank. Now, it wasn't sponsored by Big Rabobank, but it was sponsored by one of the local branches. And it seems like, from what my Dutch friends have been saying online, it seems like there's been a little bit of confusion because Rabo, Big Rabo, have put down an edict that they will stop sponsoring men's professional cycling completely. They just won't touch men's professional cycling with a barge pole. But it seems to be translated in different places. So apparently Drentha lost some of their local rabo man, you know, the local right. the local rabos who've been doing the sponsoring have interpreted this differently. So rabo have pulled out of the Grand Depart in Utrecht for the Tour de France. Okay. Um, you know, that's men's professional cycling. Mm. They reduced how much money they were giving to the Ronde van Drentha and basically made the organisers swear that no money was going to go to the men's race, but they, you know, but their local rabo still sponsored the women's race. Right. But the local Rabo has pulled out of Rabo Stare. Okay. Fuck. I mean, you know, Rabo Stare's such a lovely, fun, brilliant race. I wish I'd gone last year now. I nearly did, and I just wimped out because, what's the, you know. What's I'm, the second biggest bank in the Netherlands? Anybody know? Because <sighs> I, I think, you know, this is a prime opportunity. Come in, be the saviour. I'm just yeah, putting it out so, there. Just putting it out there. If you're a Dutch banker, you have an opportunity. Yeah. So, oh, it's depressing to end something on a sad note. But it does segue me in quite nicely. UCI survey, we have mentioned this before, closes on the 15th of March. And if you want to ask the UCI questions such as, why the hell can't we see the Ronde van Drentha World Cup live? You did promise to show um, live coverage on your YouTube um, or questions like what the hell are you doing to support women's races we can't lose more women's races then go and fill in the UCI survey please if you've done it already um, yes you know what to do and yes it's fill in the UCI survey because it's we you know we're getting we're going to get to a tipping point where it's just not worth it having a team because races are collapsing you can't plan your season in advance because you just don't know where you're going to be because you can't trust that races that are on the UCI calendar aren't going to fold like two months before they happen you know um, there's still a, quite a lot of races that are allegedly taking place and we're in like we're in danger of losing dear UCI please sort this out lots of love Sarah um, it's not that hard it's not that much money Make something happen because this is just this is just getting stupid. This is just beyond stupid and just yeah. Mm. And that's Sarah's love letter of the week, um, <laughs> an exercise in in tough love, shall we say? But you know, certainly certainly needed. Yeah. So uh, we've told you about what races are coming next. Oh, there was also another race in um, 
in El Salvador, the Grand Prix, the Grand Grand Prix El Salvador, which was a 1.1 race. Interestingly, Carlina had an interesting tweet about how come the Grand Prix El Salvador has a higher um, UCI ranking than the Drenze Acht and Gent-Wevelgem and the Omloop Noisblatt and all of those races and mm. you know I would wonder that too but it was won by Silvio Balsecchi of B-Pink um, and yet yeah, with uh, Marcia Fernandez-Silva in second place and Martina Rusikova in third so you know congratulations to everyone who ran who rode that and didn't yep. get cholera get hit by cars or fall into a giant pothole exactly well done all um yeah, it is an interesting thing. I mean, I can only assume that it's part of the uh, the UCI's agenda to basically force globalisation on the sport, you know, come hell or high water, uh, that that they would have the, the races ranked that way. I Yeah, I mean, I one day, maybe we should look into it one day. What do the UCI rankings actually mean? And how do you get it? And, you know, and why UCI have you introduced a ranking called HC category for stage races? That I think by the t- there's not going to actually be anything in that category this year. Congratulations. That's a good job. Anyway, and I think before I have another aneurysm and mm. fall over, do we have anything else to say, Dan? Um, look, say? I... I do think that it's time to prescribe yourself a medicinal gin and um, and go retreat to a quiet corner and calm down a little bit because <laughs> we, we don't need Sarah any more riled up than she is. Uh, look, folks, we will be uh, linking through to everything, of course. Um, thank you for listening. We will talk to you again next week. Uh, in the meantime, we will provide you with all sorts of updates on anything that we find interesting in and uh, worth your attention. Please feel free to do the same for us particularly with uh, click through thursday and uh, we will be back shortly bye bye bye